Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we concluded the last episode discussing kind of a process of analyzing some defense mechanisms that we put up that you know could be made for good reasons or bad reasons. But we also discussed the consequences if they're put up for bad reasons, how we can distance ourselves from other and really hurt people either directly or indirectly. And one of the things that people in general have a very difficult time comprehending is the indirect effects that happen because by definition, they're not happening directly to yourself. So to give an example here in the words of business and economics is opportunity cost. That basically is, is if we're at a meeting and there's multiple people there and I choose to talk to you, I am by default not talking to the person on the other side of the room. So I use this time as my opportunity. I use it to speak with you. But there's no way of knowing what talking to the other person could have done. And the way that it is applicable to our last episode in conversation is, is we get in this autopilot and we're just kind of are what we are. Um, but we never, and we know everyone has some trouble spots that we'd like to address, but we kind of feel, you know, I'm not that bad. You know, I'm not murdering people. I'm not cheating on my taxes. You know, I'm not going to be on the FBI's most wanted list or anything. Yeah. I might mess up here or there, but at the end of the day, we're doing things pretty much right. And we can become blind to a, what we are doing wrong, trying to justify it as we talked in the last episode but missing the opportunity of getting to such a better place, being trapped in the state of, I'm not doing anything bad, so therefore it's okay. And certainly neutral is better than negative. Don't want to try to miss that up. But there is this great upside of turning away from sin altogether and then going through the process of, realizing what causes this problem, what's causing my deficiency internally and, you know, getting the upside of that. So what I want to discuss in this episode is really the perks. You know, so often as a culture, and I'm sure I've been guilty of it in, the, in this podcast of, we focus on the negative and what we need to do different, but we rarely focus on what is the upside and, and the why we should be striving to do good uh, because particularly in the way that people just think of Catholicism in terms of the rules of not going through sin, they think of it as don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, which yeah, there's some things you just flat out should or should not do, but we never talk about the upside or the why. And I kind of wanted to use this episode to discuss the, the perks of a trying to live a sinless life and all of the good things that can come from that. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that's actually, uh, if I recall, one of the places where we started this podcast was talking about holiness and what are we aiming for and what's the goal of this whole thing. And, and I think it's a really useful uh, question. I will uh, just observe that the, the, uh, I don't know, the phrasing of the question or, or this way of thinking, I guess, is, uh, is so uh, formed by our world. So we, 
we have this kind of therapeutic approach to life, which is ultimately about what I get out of it. It's uh, it's interesting. So, which is certainly a part of you know, uh, it's it's not a bad question. It's not a, it's not a criticism about the observation, but I just have to uh, observe. You know, these are um, we're and, and you know, marketing does this a lot. Like, <clears throat> let me tell you what you're going to get out of it. We're always trying to sell things mm-hmm. and uh, simply uh, observing interiorly, you know, like what is life about and just living, uh, what am I supposed to do? So it's another way to approach things is from the perspective of, of conscience. You know, I have some idea of what good and bad is and I didn't create that and I can't change that. Uh, I, can't, I can't force myself to think differently about that or to feel differently about that. So I can live in accord with that or I, or not, but anyway, um, in, in contrast, I guess, or, or compl- in a complimentary way, I should say, it's not a contrast, but we could, we could recognize our life as a gift. I didn't create myself. Uh, all that I have, I didn't earn. That was given to me. Uh, even the things that I did earn, I earned it with things that were given to me. So I ultimately uh, go back to things that were given to me and out of gratitude for my creator, I could ask the question of how I glorify him. How do I respond to his love? And that being a sort of uh, existential uh, you know, necessity or uh, direction in my life. So it's another way to look at it. How can I fulfill my debt to my creator? <laughs> and And that's very foreign to our modern thinking. So just have to throw it out there. Maybe we'll plant some seeds for future transformation. But the uh, the answer to the question, in terms of living the faith, is is kind of the same. The most fulfilling thing for me is to be able to love as God loves. So what does what does divinity look like? What does it mean? What does it look like to be the greatest possible human being? The, the greatest possible human being is one who can love even at the cost of his own life, uh, who can love everyone. Uh, and, and so what, what does that take? I mean, I don't really want to lay down my life for, and I can name off, you know, 10 or 15 people without trying. Uh, I don't want to lay down my life for them. I don't want to love them. Well, just imagine how amazing it would be if you could love them the way that Christ loves what kind of person does that create? And if we think about our experience, those are the kinds of persons that we admire. Uh, you know, someone like Mother Teresa quickly comes to mind, who who loved people who are despicable to so many others, love people who are a, a shadow of humanity in the, the the mess of their lives in the streets of Calcutta. So, uh, but we admire people who can love like that, and. We start to discover that there's a there's a real fulfillment interiorly when we're able to have that kind of freedom. When we're able to make choices, not just based on satisfying our own needs. And uh, Jordan Peterson says all of these things better than I do. I'll, I'll make an effort to name a couple of things that that he says, but he says them better. But anyway, we can't really aim at happiness if our goal is to make ourselves happy, then we will fall short because we'll ultimately gather up a superficial happiness that uh, that's bottomless. You know, I'll figure out how to make a better milkshake and then I need to have two milkshakes and then I need to have more stuff in my milkshake. And then it just ends up being a very superficial 
process. But if I aim at the highest ideal, if I strive to be the greatest possible person that I can be, if I, if I strive to love as, as God loves, uh, then the consequence, the side effect will be that I'll be happy because I'm actually fulfilling the purpose of my creation. I'm fulfilling what I was made to be in the image and likeness of God. And I, I feel good about that. It's not a feel good at a superficial level because a lot of times it requires a lot of sacrifices. I, you know, I don't get a lot of sleep at night because I try to be responsible to meeting with a lot of people and to fulfilling my responsibilities at the seminary and uh, you know, doing a lot of different things. Uh, that doesn't always feel good to be sleep deprived every day, but it does feel good at a deeper level because I feel that my life is a gift and that it's meaningful and that I'm growing in freedom and I'm, I'm not trapped in a bunch of defense mechanisms like we were talking about in the last episode, but I'm able to move freely through the complex space of human existence and I'm able to give myself in love. Now, there are people that I don't do that as well with, and I feel the restriction of that. I have a hard time loving certain people, and I can just employ defense mechanisms and and compartmentalize that in my life, or I can face the things that make that hard, and I can reconcile relationships, and I can deal with things. So the latter is going to be a better approach. And all of this is really describing what it means to live out the Christian life, to fulfill Jesus's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and ultimately to live the new commandment that he gave us at the Last Supper, to love one another as he loves us. And so um, that feels amazing to do that. It feels really good to be a saint. And uh, as as Jordan Peterson says, we're going to face suffering in life. We can't eliminate it. We shouldn't increase it, uh, but we'll only deal with it if we have a sufficient reason if we have a sufficient meaning in our lives to persevere and endure suffering and make something positive out of it. And so there's no greater meaning than to follow Christ, than to try and love as he loves to, to live out his commandment. And as you're saying that there kind of, uh, articulates, you know, what, what I was trying to articulate in the beginning, you know, there's plenty of people out there who go, yeah, I, I'm good with this, that, and the other, but that guy who works down the hall for me, I don't really want to, Deal with him, that type of thing, and, and as you say, you're you're called out to to do better, and in doing so, you end up helping everyone throughout the process, and it makes me think of another, and this might be a me thing, this might be an everybody thing. You can tell me if I'm wrong here or not, but it seems that I have this thing that, especially once I figure something out. I just feel like I have to change it because there always has to be a better way. So, um, for example, I, I do an ax throwing. I, I'm in many different organizations with it. And two years ago, I ended up being 192nd in the internationals, which is great. Um, and I started at the same time with my friend. And both of us started, you know, like I said, the same time, same type of uh, dedication to it and all that. And one giant difference, every time I had a throw and by the technique I was using and I got where I was pretty much all the way there, but not quite all the way, I would always change it to try to get that last little 5% or 2%. And in the process, I'd step back, you know, a giant step back in the process. Well, the, the, my friend who did this, same throw from the beginning all the way through 
Um, and just last weekend finished ninth in Worlds. So you can see that, that, that there's a dead, that if you have the right system and you stick to it, it's way better than trying to constantly reinvent the wheel. So the reason I believe that's probably a me thing is because I'm giving an exam example about someone who did the opposite of what I'm able to do and it working out. So that's kind of where I wanted to discuss here is that sometimes we can be doing something right and because we don't see the results soon enough. And again, this is coming from the way you started the mindset of the question. I have to be seeing it for it to work. So therefore, if I don't see it, it doesn't count. Um, but my what I'm trying to ultimately point out with the question here is sometimes groundwork gets laid before you see the ultimate results. And I think that's why so often Jesus uses analogies with plants, because you sow something, you plant it, you don't see the results of it for a while. Um, so I wanted to discuss about when we're in this part of putting down the, the, the effort to try to repair us, but we're not seeing the effort. We're not seeing the results yet, but we know we're putting in the effort. Because some people, it takes a lot of effort to get them to to build that relationship up to where we say it's a state of love. You know, there's just something between me and that guy down the corner. It's just like two magnets that don't want to be together. And no matter how much you try, they're going to cause issues. But we are doing some things that are making it better, even if we're not seeing the results yet. So I wanted to to comment upon that. Again, if it's just the me thing, I will take that as, as that's what it is. But if it's something that's universal, I'd like to spend a moment or two on it. Well, I think the, uh, you know, there's there's something that is uh, unique to you and, and maybe, uh, you know, the, the same kinds of qualities that make you a, a, your own business owner and that you're able to tackle some some pretty significant challenges and you're able to, to move ahead. There's a sense of initiative. You have a level of confidence and there's a kind of go get it um, attitude. That's Those are all, I think, some particular gifts that you have that other people also have, but, but uh, that you have. Uh, and it's and it's admirable. It's really a beautiful quality. So it's like you see something that needs to be improved, you go improve it. Uh, uh, depending on how impossible it is to improve, how impossible it feels to improve, um, how much work it's going to take, uh, sometimes people can be overwhelmed by that and then just want to justify not doing anything about it, maybe consciously, maybe subconsciously. They just avoid areas. I think we all avoid areas in our lives that we find um, difficult, overwhelming, that, that seem... Uh, like, gosh, you know, I could deal with this thing, but I'd really have to change so much of myself. I'd have to adjust, readjust my life in such a radical way. Uh, I just am, I'm not up for that. And, uh, and that's going to be too hard. So, um, you know, I think, I think there are different situations that emerge there, depending on uh, who we are and what we're doing. But I, I think that's also a place that complementarity is really helpful. You know, there's a, Sometimes I, I recognize the problem, but I don't have quite the courage or the know-how to deal with it. And I ask somebody for some help and somebody else who's a little bit more oriented to, well, let's figure this out and let's 
tackle it and let's move forward with it. And I can have that kind of support from a, from a friend or a, a spouse or a parent or a coach or whatever. And that can be a, that can be a big help for us as well as uh, to recognize we need some help in, in uh, dealing with some of the things, uh, self-improvement projects and uh, other, other things like that in life that, that challenge us. Yeah. That's a, I guess that's part of, of being the self-aware of what we were going through with last episode. We got to know what we're good at and what we're not and how to, to address it. And, you know, it, it as many times as we get into these practical types of episodes, um, which I think it's important to do the X's and O's every once in a while. So we actually can, can apply it just as it's important to do some ones when we discuss about the liturgical elements of, of it. Um, the answer really every time it comes back to this is kind of just do what Jesus did. Like the old school snap thing that people used to wear all the time in the early 2000s and the 90s is, you know, that ultimately is the guide is to try to just live that, that, that type of life where, where you're taking sin out of your equation because it will brighten so many things up. And, you know, we we get used to living with dimmers over our eyes, um, you know, the dimmer of something's wrong. So we're just not addressing it. And, and it really does put us blind to, to areas that, that we didn't even know were there. Um, so, I mean, as you were discussing all the earthly elements of why it's worth an individual, whether they're consciously or not to try to live a, a sinless life. Um, and the way you discussed that was we want to be loving the way God loves. And I kind of wanted to use the last couple of minutes here to discuss what the church teaches the afterlife and the result of living with God would be. I know that that's way deeper question than five minutes could hold, but to just kind of give a, a little type of thought process that we can nibble on going for the week ahead. Well, the, uh, yeah, I mean, cer- certainly we can, we can look to eternal happiness. It's, a, it's, it's hard to do that because we're so grounded in time. We have a hard time uh, really comprehending what eternity looks like. And so, um, but, but certainly St. Paul uses the argument, you know, the, the sufferings of this time are as nothing compared to the glory that awaits us. And when we think of any amount of earthly suffering held up against eternal happiness, eternal fulfillment, it, it is nothing at a mathematical level. It, yeah. it dissolves into nothing, you know. So, uh, and and to the contrary, no matter how much pleasure we have in this life, held up against an eternity of uh, of suffering in hell, is is also the pleasure is nothing, and and that eternal suffering. Uh, dwarfs consumes everything else. So there, there is a, a final judgment, and there is a necessity of uh, of living now the way that we want to live in heaven. So we can start getting a share, an advanced share of heaven now by living in this way, living as Jesus lived, allowing Him to provide for us. Um, you know, you mentioned the "What would Jesus do?" bracelets. 
the only thing that's missing from that is that it's not merely a matter of imitation, but we're actually filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he empowers us to live that. God is helping us to live that way. It's not just a matter of personal effort and I have to work myself up to it, but God is actually transforming us into himself through the Holy Spirit. That's one of the graces of baptism. So he's at work inside of us to make all of this possible. And so he's already forming us. And this is, you know, back to the point of all the defense mechanisms and internal freedom and, and uh, the peace that we're meant to have and the perfection of love is that God is actively working to straighten out our interior so that we can be in an, an interior peace, that we can all f- function, you know, interiorly in a coordinated way, not battling in our members and not fighting with ourselves and not uh, exiling things and, and being disintegrated and dysfunctional, but to come to a place of greater interior transformation. And then it really becomes a, a taste of heaven. We're able to enter into relationships which are, are really vulnerable and trusting and where there's real communion and love. And those those feel amazing. It just feels amazing to live in that space and, and to be available to other people and to not be so consumed with our own uh, our own needs and uh, to not be so destructive in order to provide for ourselves and um, so all that transformation which is really an anticipation of heaven begins to take place as we as we live the Christian life and God forbid that we settle God God is not settling he is ready to keep going with us and we never reach a place where, where we're good enough there's always more. Uh, the Lord always has more to give us. He always wants us to be more free, more peaceful, more joyful. He wants us to be able to love more. And uh, all, all of that is is taking place as we continue to live out our, our Christian life. And what a beautiful way to end this episode here. We ask everyone to click subscribe if you haven't yet. And also, especially if you're on an Apple device, give us a little quick star rating as it does make a big difference. Thank you all, and we'll be with you next week.